The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? Oh boy, folks. Have I got an episode for you today? Have I got an episode for you today? We're talking about practice. Not the game. Not the fucking game. Not the game that actually matters. We're talking about practice. We're talking about the Montreal Canadiens at development camp had their first Well, technically they had two scrimmages today, if you want to look at it that way. And um, I I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts. And I want to download those, or upload those, rather, in a podcast form. I'm rusty. It's been a little while since I did a Bottom 6 Minutes, but hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I'm fired up to see some prospects in action. Absolutely fired up. Nothing is better than Montreal Canadiens hockey, and this isn't quite Montreal Canadiens hockey. We are talking about practice, but it does bring us one step closer to Montreal Canadiens hockey. So what happened? Well, as mentioned, they basically played two separate scrimmages. Uh, I think there was virtually the exact same teams in both of the scrimmages, 25 minutes each, um, rotating goalies constantly. I'm, I'm not really going to go through the score because I like they kept score weirdly. It's like almost like they reset the score in the second game. I thought it was supposed to be the same game. I wasn't even entirely sure what the format was there. And again, they were just rotating goalies constantly throughout the entire thing. So we just kind of got a glimpse uh, of everybody. So what I want to do is kind of just talk about who impressed me the most. And I think right off the top, you, you got to talk about David Reinbacker. Um, because they put him out there very early in development camp, well before they even started doing scrimmages, when they're just doing drills. They had him working with Lane Hudson, who is arguably the most hyped prospect in the system right now uh, for Montreal. And those two are dynamite together. Got to, Right off the top, we got, we got to talk about that. They clearly have some legitimate chemistry between the two of them. I mean, constantly throughout the scrimmage, they were looking for Reinbacker to do the zipper, come down from the point, and just pop up on the back door, and Lane Hudson was finding him, man. There was a couple of really nice saves that had to be made. One of them was by Quentin Miller. Another one, I I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it was Jakob Dobge. Um, not entirely sure. I might have got that wrong. I'm pretty sure I said it was Dobes on Twitter, but it, people were correcting me afterwards and saying, no, I think that was Kreto. Um, I, I have no idea, and it doesn't really matter to me. For me, the key takeaway there was the chemistry that those two have between each other. They just are capable of finding each other. Uh, Reinbacker looks just really well positioned out there, calm, collected, um, and he seems to have a, a nose for that zipper play, that backdoor play. Everybody who grew up watching this team and is old enough to remember Andre Markov will remember that in his heyday, that was Andre Markov's favorite thing to do, particularly on the power play. It was sneak down from the point 
and just pop up on the back door and wait for somebody to feed him or wait for a rebound. Reinbacker is getting those feeds from Lane Hudson in the offensive zone. It's nuts. It's almost, um, it, it's kind of weird to see two defensemen that deep in the zone uh, simultaneously. I mean, there was times where Hudson was firing it basically from the outside hash mark uh, across the Reinbacker, and Reinbacker's coming all the way down inside the dot. Um, look, I don't care how they get it done. It, it seems like they have it, uh, in, they, they're intent on those two becoming a pair together at some point. Um, you know, it's it's still early. They, they've only had a couple of practices and a scrimmage together. But the chemistry's there. You gotta love it. And uh, it, I think, is quelling some of the fear about the Rhinebacker pick and the fan base. To see the most hyped prospect in the system doing well with Rhinebacker, I mean, a, a lot of people are coming around on the pick a little bit, myself honestly included. Now, I do need to mention, I wonder if that was a calculated move, putting him with the most hyped prospect, who you know is capable of generating some very intriguing offensive opportunities because he's so shifty out there. He's so hard to catch. There's another thing that really stood out is just that Lane Hudson, man, he is the most exciting prospect in the system. He probably has the most upside of any of the prospects. Reinbacker apparently called him uh, the next Kale McCarr or something along those lines. I might want to go double-check that quote while we're sitting here and while I'm still recording. But he said something about him being Kale McCarr, and he's like, I don't know if he's going to like that quote, but uh, I see him as another Kale McCarr in the league or something like that. Uh, yep, he said it. He said he's not sure if he'll like the comparison, but called Lane Hudson the next Kale McCarr. I would love it if Lane Hudson is the next Kale McCarr. I think we all would. And uh, look, if he's the next Kale McCarr and then they can turn Rhinebacker into the next Devon Taves, uh, we're in good shape. We're in good shape, folks. Anybody who watched that game, I think those two absolutely jumped off the page. But I have to stick with the defense for my next player that really jumped off the page. Uh, it was Adam Engstrom. He looked absolutely fantastic out there. Um, he was looking to get in. Uh, when he got the puck at the offensive blue line, he was holding the line. Uh, he was coming down from the line with some really nice-looking moves to get around checkers, uh, you know, toe drags. He was doing some really nice exchanges with Joshua Roy um, in the offensive zone where they were just kind of playing around the perimeter a little bit and then getting opportunities out of that. So they play around the perimeter just to get people to move around, open up the right passing lane, and then fire it across the seam and get an opportunity on goal. Um Love it from those two, particularly Adam Engstrom. For my money, uh, was the most impressive player on the ice uh, on either squad. Uh, and that's including Reinbacker and Hudson. Reinbacker and Hudson, their chemistry really stood out. But Engstrom as an individual player, uh, I think, was the best on the ice in those scrimmages. And, you know, for a team that has definitely struggled uh, putting together a competent, you know, full six-man defensive core for the course of the last 15 years or whatever... It's, it's got to be unreally exciting for all of us that we might finally be getting there. We know we've got some really good guys already in the NHL. Um, we, you know, we're, we're looking at prospects right now. We're not even talking about Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, uh, Jordan Harris, uh, John, Johnny Kovacevic. You want to throw him in there too. Uh, Mike Matheson. We've already got some decent characters on the team and the young guys that are coming up that are getting close, so close to being available for this team are looking great out there in development camp. And that's fantastic news for this fan base. Uh, Adam Engstrom, 
again, my hat is absolutely off to him. And my hat's off to Pat Bexel because Pat's been talking about him for a while now. Pat was showing everybody the highlights of him in Sweden last year, show, uh, talking a lot about the different developments that he's been making in his game. And we're seeing that now. Um, one of the things that people were most worried about, or that I was most worried about, rather, I shouldn't just say people and try to cop out like that. One of the things that I was most worried about was him coming from the big ice. Because when Pat's showing me all these highlights, you know, he's making these curls on the outside boards uh, to create space for himself. And, you know, when those boards are closer than you're used to them being, I wonder, is that going to be a problem for him? It absolutely the fuck wasn't in these scrimmages. He's making some curls to the outside with the puck in the offensive zone. Tight, beautiful skating. And no problem with the fact that the boards have gotten a little bit uh, closer to where he might expect them to be normally. Uh, He looks great. I would argue very strongly keep him around for at least a couple of preseason games. I think we need to see him against another NHL team, against other NHL prospects and players. Um, I, I, I think he's I think he's ready for a test, and uh, he, he might be beyond this uh, this development camp, honestly, at this point. Um, and I guess that's what you get when you have a defenseman that's already playing professional hockey. It makes a difference, and um, he was the best player out there. Exciting times on the blue line for the Montreal Canadiens. And before I get to the uh, forwards, uh, might as well throw Logan Mayu in there as well. Uh, thought he had a pretty decent game. Uh, definitely showed some holes uh, defensively, but offensively, uh, all the skills are there. Uh, scored a really nice goal in the shootout at the end of the second scrimmage. Uh, look, he's an offensive defenseman. Uh, if he makes the NHL this year, which is going to be a tall task for him, I think he's better suited in uh, Laval to start the year uh, and work on his defense a little bit. If he makes the NHL, absolute immediate power play contributor. Um, I think he can do that in the AHL as well. Uh, clearly, offensively, he's got the tools. It's a matter of putting everything else together for him. As for um, forwards, I mean, Philip Meshar scored a really nice goal. He just walked in, carried it through the neutral zone, gets into the offensive zone, and goes, goes absolute top-shelf snipe. Um, it, it was a relatively quiet scrimmage for him. But I, I liked his game. Um, I felt like this was a good start for him. Um, he kind of had it a little bit rough in Kitchener last season. Uh, I think, honestly, looking back at it, and I've said this before, he might have been better off uh, going to Europe or going back to Europe, rather, for that season. But, you know, uh, it's water under the bridge at this point. I think the intention uh, is pretty clear. They've said it. Um, well, I, I don't think they directly said it, but they've pretty much said that they want him to start the year in Laval, so uh, we'll get an opportunity to see him go pro and see if he can continue, um, you know, putting shots like that on net. Joshua Roy already talked about him a little bit. Uh, very quietly effective. I thought he was well positioned. He had some really good back checks actually, um, which was you know something that he got a lot better at through the course of last year was his defensive hockey and uh, to see him carry that into the scrimmages, uh, it's it's encouraging. You know, it's uh, it's it's not the the be all end all. Um, obviously, there's still work to be done. In in his case, but uh, I could see him surprising and earning a spot with the Montreal Canadiens in this camp. Uh, I really could. I know a lot of people think I'm nuts for saying that. I've had plenty of people uh, talk shit to me about the fact that I think Joshua Hawaii could make this team. Um, believe me, he's so versatile that I, I really think he's going to make it a tough decision for them come uh, come the end of camp there. Um, should be interesting to see what happens in the preseason. Owen Beck, uh, another one, just well-positioned, uh, pretty quietly effective scrimmages from him. Uh, he was gaining a lot of attention on uh, on Twitter there um, until, of course, I don't know, 
Elon Musk is going to kill that app pretty soon. But he was he was getting a lot of attention from the fans. Uh, definitely, people are noticing uh, what he's capable of doing in transition on defense. And uh, he's another guy he could push this year. Um, but he obviously can't go to Laval. So either he makes the Montreal Canadiens or he's going back to junior. And honestly, with the way the Montreal Canadiens are going, they're not ready to compete yet. I think they're going to be better this year, but I don't think it's the time to rush anybody. So I think maybe let him have one more year in junior and see what he can do down there. There's also Luke Tuck. Uh, Luke Tuck scored a really nice goal with an absolute laser beam of a shot. Uh, He was kind of impressive in that game too. I mean, he can really move. He skates pretty fast, shoots the puck pretty hard. Kind of gives you somewhat Josh Anderson vibes. I think it's going to be a tough task for him to uh, make the Montreal Canadiens this season. I, I doubt that'll happen, but... Um, look, I just based on those scrimmages, uh, I'm a little, I, I'm a bit more of a believer in him than I was prior. Um, of course, you need to see that sustained over a more extended period of time. He hasn't exactly blown the doors off in the NCAA. Um, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more from him. I'd like to see him carry that same uh, compete level that he had in those scrimmages into the main camp. Um, could potentially, you know, push himself more into the picture for the future, uh, maybe a couple years down the road. And I think that about sums it up. I mean, again, your your top three, if you will, I'd probably go with Reinbacker. Um, well, I'd, I'd, number one is is Engstrom. I already I already gave that away. But I'd probably go with Engstrom, Reinbacker, and uh, Hudson, and maybe you know you could throw Mayu and Hawaii in there as uh, honorable mentions. Um, overall, it was uh, it was intriguing to see. Uh, and again, I'm hyped up. We get to see some prospects in action. Um, now I'm even more hyped for for main camp now and for rookie camp as well. Uh, it should be real interesting to see what happens. And another thing that just came up as I was recording this as well, uh, I had to pause it. You, you could try to figure out uh, if you can hear it in the audio where I paused it uh, and write a shell because apparently David Reinbacker has signed his entry-level contract with the Montreal Canadiens. Now, I can't confirm that 100%, but it's being reported and the Montreal Canadiens have yet to actually confirm it, so I would expect maybe by tomorrow morning we get a confirmation on that, but it's sounding like he has in fact signed that deal. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to be in North America this season um, whatsoever. The The thing about signing the deal at this point is that it could still slide, so if he goes back to Europe, uh, if he goes back to Switzerland, then it would slide and the deal wouldn't start until the year after or even the year after that. Um, really depends on when it is that they want to bring him over. Um, again, things can change. So if he signs, if he has in fact signed the ELC, and he shows up to camp and absolutely dominates, and he's better than everybody else, there's a possibility that they say, "All right, you know what, kid, you're up now." Uh, but I think he's going to be going back to Switzerland, and I think that uh, you know it's just it's good news that they were able to put pen to paper before he heads back to Switzerland and uh, kind of get that on the books right away. So that's pretty much it for this one. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.